The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it, yeah. For the last time in the 2022 regular season of the NFL, it is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez. It is Monday. There are no NFL games this week uh, on Monday night. There is, of course, the National Championship game, which I'm sure if you're watching this live right now, you are going to have in the corner on a screen somewhere getting ready for it. We'll try not to take up too much of your time to get there. If you're listening to this after the fact, hi, we'll take all the time you need and we'll talk through week 18, the last week of the regular season in the NFL. An exciting one. Ryan, were you riveted the entire weekend or or were you just sort of like, I want this to be over so we can get to the playoffs already? Yeah, man, it's, I mean, it's bittersweet. I mean, week 18, obviously, it's the last week. It's The playoffs are here, but unfortunately, that means... Uh, Less football, I guess, but I mean, I'm looking forward to this playoffs with uh, the field of what fourteen now being set. Uh, we'll have Super Wild Card Weekend starting Saturday, and then transition into uh, all the way into Monday before we get on to the divisional round next weekend. I mean, look, and this whole weekend was sort of a blur. No Thursday night, right? It was all Saturday and Sunday. So yeah. literally everything was decided in a two-game stretch. There was no anything. I mean, obviously, we just we know everything now. Everything is laid out. We know the teams, we know everything's set up and, and how it's about to check out uh, next weekend when it comes down. But before anything, though, this this whole weekend, uh, this this whole Saturday and Sunday was sort of uh, set under the, the big umbrella of what happened, obviously, last Monday night. Not only were storylines playing out because of that, but also um, DeMar Hamlin's overall health. And we're happy to report, I'm sure you've been keeping up, keeping up with the story. Obviously, if you listen to this, you are a gigantic sports fan. Hamlin is now in Buffalo, back in Buffalo again. So it's just unbelievable to think that a week ago he was fighting for his life on the football field. This week he gets to go home. He was cheering for his teammates all day long. He was tweeting stuff out, putting stuff on Instagram. Just to see this story arc and how it ultimately is ending up. And this is not over, obviously. He's still got a lot to be written. But uh, obviously, since this is a, an NFL show, I feel it just to bring up the fact that this weekend was played with a lot of emotion, um, not just from the Bills, but from everybody around that was following the Hamlin story. And, and you saw it play out on the field. You saw the tributes to him. Um, so we're, I mean, I know I, I, I obviously can't speak for you 100%, Ryan, but I'm sure uh, you probably echo the, the feelings of just just joy that he's, functioning that he's the in high spirits and that i mean everything that went right 
that could have gone right went right for Hamlin in his recovery process. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's it was really sad, obviously, what happened, and it's great that he was able to recover in just less than a week. I mean, this time last week we were wrapping up our episode and um, we were going through the playoff scenarios, and so much depended on that Bills Bengals game, not knowing what was going to happen that night. So for him to already be back, back at home, uh, not not fully healthy, but I mean. He's back. He can move. I mean, he was tweeting all weekend. He was fired up about the Bills uh, running back multiple kicks. So shout out to Hamlin. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills uh, organization. It was a tough week, a lot of adversity. And, um, yeah, no, just glad he made it. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. The football side, just glad he made it and he's going to make it. So, Of course. And then, of course, shout out to all of the first responders on that field and and all the trainers and everybody responsible for it, everybody at the hospital. Like, again, this we, we praise Hamlin for being strong, but he's strong because he had a fantastic supporting cast of folks around him that were keeping an eye on him and, and doing everything they could. So I said it on the NASCAR show, and, and I don't want to get too preachy, and, and we'll obviously get to the, to the games here in a second, but I, I just, I feel like the amount of love that was shown to not just Hamlin, but everybody in this last week as far as supporting people and, and just the amount of energy that was put toward positivity, right? I, I want to see us carry that yeah. through. Like, I don't want this to be a lost cause. I don't want this to be something that just we did it for show for Hamlin. So, look, people, continue to be nice to each other. Like, that's all I ask. It, we had so much fun this week all supporting one person Let's let's carry that over into everybody. So, all right, you don't come here for the life advice. You come here for the recaps. But <laughs> I just I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Life with Rod, I, lo- I love it. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was just overall everybody coming together. It's good, good situation or good ending to a horrible situation. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about the games then. So Saturday kicked it off. Uh, all the uncertainty of everything that was going on, right? It was still fresh in everybody's mind. He was he was improving, but yet there was still football to be played. Kansas City, of course, had to kick this whole thing off because Kansas City was the one that benefited sort of from the the no contest that had just been declared from the Bengals and the Bills game last Monday night. Obviously, we know the Chiefs are the one seed and uh, and obviously the, the playoff spot to be determined, but they had to come out and really just take care of business against Las Vegas to make it to where there was no question. Well, they did exactly that. They were eight and a half point favorites against the Raiders. <sighs> Stidham did not do what he did against the 49ers, uh, but we had another palindrome of a score, 31 to 13, Kansas City beating the Raiders, thereby covering their eight and a half point spread. Uh, I mean, Ryan, what can you say about Kansas City that hasn't already been said this season at all? They're a juggernaut, man. I mean, you you mentioned it. I, I, they kind of did benefit from the s- circumstances that happened, unfortunately. But you credit the Chiefs, man. They took care of business, went to Vegas, beat them down. I mean, this this was never a game. Took care of business. Mahomes keeps it rolling. And I think he put a uh, bow on an MVP, can, or MVP season uh, in Kansas City for him. At this point, I don't know that there's any other person that can can do it. I mean, it's he even only threw for 202 yards in this game. It wasn't as if he came out and lit the roof on fire, but he didn't have to. Like it was, it was just a game in which Kansas City dominated and and, and didn't even look back. So um, Stidham, 22 of 36, 219, a touchdown and an interception. He was the leading rusher in this game, seven carries for 50 yards. You know, Devonte Adams got 73 yards on five receptions, but. 
you know, again, this is a far cry. And now we may not see Carr back. I mean, who knows at this point, right? Yeah, it doesn't sound like David Carr is going to be back next year. It sounds like changes are coming in Vegas. We'll see what happens. Obviously, a lot of expectations coming in the year and to finish 6-11. and 11, Just an overall disappointing year, although Devontae Adams did have a monster year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was going to be that way. You almost yeah. had a feeling that he was coming back again. And, and I know he started out well and then slowed down, and he, he didn't necessarily pick it back up to where he had, once was, but he's turned in some good performances, and I'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see, though, obviously, you know, that you sign him. He's under contract, but if the winds shift, Devontae Adams may try to find himself shifting with them. So um, who knows at this point, right? Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, just disappointing year. Although he he filled it up as statistically, but we'll be interested to see who's throwing him the ball next year in Vegas. Indeed, uh, Kansas City fourteen and three on the season. Las Vegas, like you said, six and eleven. Over under on the over under on this one rather fifty one and a half. They only got to forty four. Uh, Kansas City tried to do their part. Obviously, the Raiders did not. That was kind of a high total anyways. I know they were banking on probably what happened with the Raiders and and, Ve- and uh, San Francisco last week, but yeah, it didn't come anywhere near. Yes, no, Vegas never got anything going offensively. Kind of a, I think they left, left everything they had for that Niners game the week prior. Indeed. Uh, all right, that was the Saturday morning or afternoon game, early afternoon game, I suppose. Uh, let's move now to the Saturday evening game, which was the showdown and battle for the AFC South. Ryan, the Jacksonville Jaguars are your AFC South champions. Can you believe it? Nine and eight, they went from absolute worst to first in the division. How crazy of a world are we living in now? How about the job Doug Peterson did? I mean, like you said, worst to first. And, I mean, they had a lot of adversity this year. They, I mean, they came out playing good football in September, but then they kind of they, they hit a couple bumps in the road in, in the middle of the season in October, lost to like what? It was like four or five in a row that were just one-possession games. Um, yeah, right here, they lost Philly by one score, Houston by one score, Indy by one score, New York and Denver by one score. And that put them at what, two and six at that time? before they turned it around here and won seven out of their last nine. They really played well coming out of the bye, and I wouldn't want to play this team in the playoffs. They're looking scary at just the right time. And then you talked about the close games. I mean, a, a couple of those flipped the other way. I saw a, a tweet earlier today about where uh, if, if every one-score game in the league had finished the other way, like the Jaguars would have had one of the best records in the league. It, it, it's really astounding to think that if one-score games would have been flipped in the other direction – we would have been talking about not just the the uh, AFC South champion Jaguars, but we're talking like one of the top seeds in the in the conference even at this point. So it's it's amazing to see this story play out. We I mean we talked about it earlier. We've talked about it all season long, right? I mean these guys full of number one overall picks over the last few years, and now you're trying you're starting to see them gel a little bit together and and actually work as a team and. Christian Kirk has done big things for this this receiving core, right? And for Trevor Lawrence, Zay Jones actually had four catches, not for a lot of yards, but um, four catches in this game as well. So Travis Etienne now with James Robinson completely out of the picture has been um, a stud of a running back. Didn't have to do a whole lot uh, in this game, 17 yards on seven carries. But, you know, this defense has been opportunistic. It's just this team has been coming together at just the right time. 
Yeah, they really have. And it, it really shows how bad a job Urban Meyer did last year. Um, for Tennessee, man, I mean, tough, tough, tough breaks coming down the stretch. They, Vrabel did a great job keeping them in the game, but Dobbs just wasn't good enough to fumble or fumble six to end the game. It's just they didn't have enough. They really missed Tannehill down the stretch and the stability that he gave that offense in that organization. The, the Titans will be back, I think. I mean, I, th- I think they'll get healthy in the offseason, get that defense right again. And um, But I, but also on the other side, the Jaguars aren't going anywhere anytime soon. It's a good young core, and they got a good young franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and, and say what you will about Tannehill, though, but, I mean, the, the reason that Tennessee has been as consistent as they have been over the years is because, I mean, Tannehill's not an electric guy. He's, I mean, he's never been that way. And if I think if you asked him, like straight up, what do you what do you evaluate yourself as? He would probably say a, a, a quarterback that can play in the NFL. I mean, it's not like he's he's trying to transcend. He just wants to win games. It doesn't matter if it's ugly. It doesn't matter if he's the main star or Derrick Henry's the main star. Like he just wants to win games, and that's fine. I mean, I think there's room in the NFL for exactly that. Somebody who just wants to win games. It doesn't matter how it happens. I'd rather be one of the more winningest quarterbacks in the entire league, and nobody know my name. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have that happen than be flashy first rounder and and really have my career flame out after three or four seasons. You know? Yeah. No, he's he's been good. It's he's had a good career, and um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they elect to move away from him. There's been some rumors that. They may want to try and upgrade the quarterback position, but there's so many bad quarterbacks in the NFL now that, I mean, it's careful what you wish for it. Not every offseason move pans out. I mean, all you got to do is look at the Russell Wilson fiasco in Denver. So careful what you wish for in Tennessee. We'll see what happens. Indeed. Well, hopefully they don't throw a pick six to lose the uh, entire thing again next year. Derrick Henry, uh, 30 carries, 109 yards. Man, they put the rock in that guy's hand all night long. Uh, granted, it was only a 109-yard performance. Although, if you were to tell me that if Derrick Henry is going to carry the ball 30 times in your game, I'm thinking he's going for about 400 yards. But uh, they did a good job of bottling him up and not letting him get explosive. Yes, they that I mean that was that was Tennessee's only offense was Derrick Henry. So as soon as they shut him down, they, Tennessee just didn't have enough. Indeed. Uh, all right. Well, Tennessee, depending on where you got in, you got in as a touchdown underdog for Tennessee. Obviously, they covered for you. Uh, I've, I saw some six lines. I saw some five and a half lines. So, really, it just honestly depended on where you got in, on whether or not you were happy about where you bet this game. Uh, so, <laughs> it's up to you. I mean, going forward in this playoff, it's going to be tough. Uh, and We'll talk a little bit. I know this is not our show to look ahead too far, obviously, but um, we may dabble in a little bit of lines for the, the wild card. Over-under on this one, 39 and a half. Did not get there. It got to 36. So, um, But I don't think anybody was betting the over on this one. I know I wasn't. No. It, not with Tennessee. It's uh, They were so limited offensively coming down the stretch with all their injuries and just so one-dimensional. Yeah. I mean, with a running game like that, it's it's just not easy to put up points, especially against a, a defense like Jacksonville having played the last few weeks. So. Um, yep. All right, let's talk about another flat-out clunker, and that was the New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins at home for this one. <sighs> Ryan, I think we can just like almost breeze past this one in, in the simple fact that 
this game had nothing to offer anybody. It was the Jets 6. It was the Dolphins 11. Uh, Miami did cover the 3.5 point, even 4 point spread, depending on where you got it uh, for this one. But um, look, man, Skylar Thompson starting the game for the Dolphins, 20-31, 152. Your boy Joe Flacco, 18 of 33 for 149. There was no offense to be had here, uh, Ryan. And honestly, this game held zero interest for me at all. Well, for Miami though, you're going to the playoffs. I mean, you found a way to end your streak. It was it was ugly. I mean, on your third string quarterback, both teams, obviously with uh, Mike White being injured and then Zach Wilson just not panning out this year. And then for the Dolphins, everybody knows with Tua and then Bridgewater's uh, injury status as well. It was a battle of the third stringers, Week 18. If you had the Jets plus three and a half, plus four and a half. This was the bad beat of the year. Um, <laughs> the way it ended where the Dolphins decided to lateral it a bunch of times, or sorry, the Jets decided to lateral the ball a couple times, and then next thing you know, the ball gets fumbled through the back of the end zone to end the game with an 11-6 to in result covering for the Miami Dolphins. So that was my biggest takeaway is, man, if you had the Jets plus three and a half, that was a all-time bad beat. Well, and yeah, I, I, I don't even know, like, I don't know. People, I'm sure people had action on this game. It's just, I don't, I would have felt very disgusted having anything on this game, especially knowing the Jets just really propensity to not play good football anymore uh, and forget what that looks like. So, and, and, you know, the second Joe Flacco enters the conversation, it's like, well, okay. I know that he said that however the wins take him and however he's going to, he, he still wants to play, he still feels like he can play. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see where the where the NFL decides to take them next season. Uh, but the Jets fall to seven and ten. Obviously, just like you said, Miami now nine and eight. Over under on this one was thirty seven points. Uh, I'll let you guys decide exactly where on the over under spectrum that one fell. Uh, <laughs> if you could do the, quick they math. could have played that another six hours. It wouldn't have gone over. Okay. And for the Dolphins, I mean. They got to figure something out, something out offensively, or they're just going to get steamrolled against Buffalo in the playoffs this week. I'm not sure that I'm. I I, I mean, this line is probably going to be ridiculous, and we'll look at it here in a few. But yeah, it's just a. There's just no way. I don't know that Miami's got anything for anybody now in this in this playoffs. Yeah. So, yep, um, all right. Speaking of playoffs, let's move on to the next game, and that is. We said it. I think we manifested it, right? I wanted one more win for for Mike Tomlin. I did not want him to suffer his first losing season ever in his coaching career as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got the victory against the Cleveland Browns. Tomlin 9-8, and eight, avoiding a losing season uh, for the Steelers. Now 28-14 over the Cleveland Browns, who now are 7-10. and 10 and not on the right side of history uh, after picking up Deshaun Watson. But listen, good good feels all around, man, as a Steelers. I, I'm not a Steelers fan, per se, but I, I, I was, like I said, going for Mike Thomas. So I'm glad he picked up that ninth win. Yeah, and I feel like if you're a Steelers fan, you're walking away from the season. Obviously, you want to go to the playoffs. You wanted the Jets to get it done against the Dolphins to sneak in there, but... You got to be optimistic. I mean, you were two and seven at one point, and to win six out of your last seven, seven out of your last nine, the Steelers were playing as good as anybody, especially on the defensive side of the football. 
and I think they found their franchise quarterback. Kenny Pickett was great down the stretch. Uh, Najee Harris running the ball was great. And George Pickens from Georgia, he was great as well. So I think this is even more optimistic headed into uh, next year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got a good young core. And obviously Mike Tomlin's going to get as much out of his uh, team as as any coach can possible. Yep, that Pickens to, or Pickett, Pickett to Pickens. It's going to be tough for announcers Tongue to say. Twister. Yeah, but they're going to be saying it for a while, so they better get used to it. So, um, yeah, no all, all good there. And uh, Pittsburgh minus two and a half actually was my lock of the week. Uh, so they definitely covered that two and a half point spread, even three, depending on where you got it from. Um, so, again, all good things for Pittsburgh. I think they've got a lot to build off of for next season. Um, they don't have to worry. As long as Pickett can stay healthy, I think they've got themselves their 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 quarterback for a good long time, maybe even another long stretch like Roethlisberger had. Um, you know, the, Pittsburgh doesn't like to like to switch around things, right? They've had the same coach for no. years and years and years. They've had the same quarterback for years and years and years. I think they just want to continue that trend and and have uh, Pickett locked up for a good long time as a as their quarterback. So, good things for them. On the other side of the ball. What do you do if you're the Browns? You, you had big high hopes for the season, and obviously we know the Mayfield, the everything, just all the stuff that went crazy for Deshaun Watson to be there. Deshaun Watson shows up. Not a lot of success to be had there either. So how do you feel if you're Cleveland right now? I mean, honestly. You're worried because Deshaun Watson, you paid a lot for him, a lot of distractions, and he just he wasn't very good. It's... I know he hasn't played football in two years, but when you give up as much as you did and you deal with all the distractions, you expect more. So big year for Kevin Stefanski coming up next year. They finished seven and ten. So kind of make it kind of a make or break year, I think, for Stefanski in Cleveland and a lot of people there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they still got Chubb and Hunt back next year. I I mean, I feel like the Browns could be a team that could bounce back next year if Watson can go back to the form he uh once was a couple years ago again they've got pieces they've got cooper they've got donovan people's yes. jones they've got a, a, a decent enough defense right with with miles garrett and all like they've got people now they just got to put it all together so i mean i don't know this like you said this will be a make or break year for the Bra- uh the browns next season but they've got all off season to think about it now they're definitely done for the year uh they'll be watching the rest of their friends play uh next week over under on this one 39 and a half they made it to 42, uh, so they actually hit the over on this one. So if you're a over better on this one, you're pretty happy. Um, I'm not sure. I think I probably would have taken the over under on 39. Um, feels like the Steelers obviously did what they had to do to get there. So, um, yeah, you're definitely happy for that. Yes. No, I'm just happy for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. A class organization, like you said. They don't change quarterbacks. They don't change coaches. So, Classy organization. It seems like this uh, the franchise is once again bright. The future is bright. Sorry, hey, the franchise future is bright. Sorry, that's a tongue twister. Pick it to Pickens. Franchise future. Uh, I'm all over the place. It's bright there with Mike Tomlin. I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, all right, let's uh, step away for a break. Speaking of class organizations, let's talk about one uh, during the break, and then we'll come back and break down the rest of the Week 18 action. But that class organization is WinBet. It's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to play, including live betting and same-game 
parlays. Plus, the NFL playoffs are here right now. You want great odds, promos, payouts? It's all happening right now at WinBet. So let me ask you, you ready to play? Sign up today. Bet $100, get a $100. That's special offer just for you. Limited to state availability. So much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions on winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state of play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy at Underdog. The season never ends, and right now you can play their fantasy football playoff best ball. It's the gauntlet with $1 million in prizes up for grabs. They also have a ton of daily games for the NBA and the NHL. Plus, when you use the promo code SGPN at UnderdogFantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code S-G-P-N. Well, the Houston Texans decided they did not want the first overall pick in the NFL draft and decided they wanted to win a game more. So, Lovey Smith, probably on his way out the door, obviously, said to them, go and win this one for the second overall pick in the draft, and they did just that, beating <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts 32-31 to in dramatic fashion. Uh, thereby getting them a 3-13-1 record, while Indianapolis is a 4-12-1 record on the season. Houston was a three-point underdog in uh, pretty much all the books, uh, so they ended up covering this one. Um, and 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 they crushed the over at 37.5. But both of these teams, Ryan, more questions than answers as they close out the 2022 season. Yeah, how about uh, Lovey Smith getting it done for the Chicago Bears? They win that game and they yield the first pick to uh, those Chicago Bears. I man, the Colts are embarrassing. Like, how do you give up a fourth and twenty to a team that's almost trying to lose the game to <laughs> that, that has to lose to get the first round pick? So bad, just overall bad year for the Indianapolis Colts, just on and off the field. The way they handled the Jeff Saturday situation. For, uh, going to him from Frank Reich when he was on uh, the show Get Up in the morning on ESPN. And, I, I mean, just a fiasco at the quarterback position with Matt Ryan. Then you go to Sam Ellinger, then back to uh, Nick Foles, and back to Matt Ryan, and then back to Ellinger. It's just revolving door. Bad year for the Colts. And they, they have lacked stability since Andrew Luck has left that organization. Well, and even still, it's just a, a matter of not knowing their identity. I mean, it, it, they have zero yeah. clue what they wanted to do. Running the ball was never great for them uh, this season, obviously, right? I mean, Jonathan Taylor, we know that it was big things there, but that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it was tough all around for them, and, and they could not find their footing. Although Zach Moss, good story for them at the end, 18 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but you know, again, this is a forget it season for the Colts are going to have to do a, a ton of rebuilding in this off season. If they want to get back to even anywhere near where they were before, uh, for Houston, it's almost the same thing, right? Davis mills, 22 of 38, 298 yards, three touchdowns, but two interceptions, Brandon cooks doing work, uh, for back from the dead a little bit, five catches, 106 yards and a touchdown. But you know, this, this Texans team, you talk about identity. Right, I mean, Deshaun Watson leaves. 
and and all chaos breaks loose. We think Davis Mills is the guy, doesn't end up being the guy, right? I mean, the running game was supposed to be their staple. Running game was almost non-existent all season long. So just tough for the the Texans all around. They're going to have a pretty high draft pick this season to try to, to shore up some of their deficiencies. But, I mean, it's almost like putting gum on a big hole in a wall at this point. you got to figure out where which part of the, the leak you want to stop. Yeah, no doubt. It's like both organizations. I think the Texans do have a little bit of a uh, future. It's a little bit bright just because they were able to get rid of Deshaun Watson and get what they got back for Deshaun Watson. So, And I think they'll, they'll trade down from the number two pick as well. Uh, for some teams that are in desperate need of a young franchise quarterback. So they could build up some assets and maybe flip that roster over quickly. Ryan, the GM, putting his GM hat on right now. Go Texans. Moon off. <laughs> Moon off, baby. Um, all right. Let's not waste any more time on these two teams. Obviously have zero playoff implications this season. It's just all about where they're going to pick in the draft. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, you had one job, Tampa, <clears throat> and that was to try to win the last game of the season to be a little more respectable uh, and a NFC South champions, rather. But they did not, <clears throat> in fact. And this team does not look like it's going to be a very good team heading into the NFC playoffs uh, as they lose to the Atlanta Falcons 30-17, to the Falcons at home. Falcons 7-10, and right? And the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 8-9. and it, uh, this whole AFC South was just a, a, a mess anyways, and it could have been the other way around for Atlanta if they'd have won a couple more games uh, in this one. Tom Brady, 13 of 17, 84 yards, and uh, Gio Bernard, 7 carries, 28 yards. Chris Godwin, the leading receiver for the um, for the, the Buccaneers, 6 catches, 55 yards. Uh, Ryan, you don't feel good if you're a Tampa Bay fan, I'm telling you right now. No, they're not playing good football. Brady played all right. He was 13 to 17 for 84 yards, and then obviously they arrested him. But, I mean, whether they played well this game or not, it doesn't matter. They have not really been a good football team this entire year. I know that they are going to the playoffs by default. Uh, they're 4-12-1 ATS this year, so that kind of gives you a little bit of perspective on how bad they've been against the spread and, and expectations for them. So, but they do get the Cowboys, who also tend to uh, underachieve at times, or a time or two. So we'll touch on them later in the recap. But it'll be interesting. Brady versus the Cowboys in prime time. I think the NFL got their wish. Uh, you know what would be even more fitting <laughs> is if Dallas does go out to Brady in, in the first round of the playoffs. Just, just knowing that when you get Brady into the door, uh, he, he's hard to get out of the room. So... Yeah, this will be very interesting to to see going forward for this team. Uh, Tampa Bay was six-point underdogs. Obviously, Atlanta actually covered that and then some, so good for them. Over-under over under on this one was 41. Uh, total here was 47. So, you know, Atlanta, I don't... Desmond Ritter for Atlanta, 19 of 30, 224, two touchdowns. Um, I'm, I'm more actually bullish on this running game as Tyler Algier actually uh, has broken out over the last few weeks. This last week he had 24 carries, 135 yards. Not a bad day for him. And then, of course, Drake London, six catches, 120 yards. There's some pieces here, Ryan, and they could make some noise in the division next year if they put them all together. Yeah, they got to get the quarterback situation figured out. And uh, you, you touch on it. They kind of 
got hot down the stretch, winning their last two. Of course, they finished seven and ten. Everybody in that division finished seven and ten, except for Tampa Bay. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so great. I mean, that shades of the NFC West from a couple of seasons ago. No doubt. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's put a bow on that one. It'll, like I said, we'll just be interested to see if Tom Brady can uh, can get himself farther into the playoffs, despite having such a disappointing overall regular season. Speaking of disappointing regular seasons, Carolina Panthers finished theirs with a win at least to to improve to seven and ten. New Orleans. Another disappointing season for them. They finished seven and ten as well, but Carolina comes away with the ten seven win over New Orleans on the road. Uh, put a bow in this season for both of these teams as Sam Darnold five of fifteen for forty three, two interceptions. Andy Dalton fifteen of twenty five, one hundred and seventy one yards and a touchdown. Kamara gets over a hundred yards. Chubba Hubbard does not. So, I mean, <clears throat> these two teams, Ryan, I, I'm not impressed by either one. I don't know what the future holds for either one, um, but again, I don't think their futures are all that bright as well either. No, neither neither is very bright. Yeah, I I think maybe Carolina's is more bright, but New Orleans went a little bit all in with the acquisitions in the off season. I mean, high expectations for Jameis. I I think people forget that Jameis is even a part of this organization this year, with the way that they just completely uh, ignored him. 10 to 7 was a fitting end to a puzzling season for these New Orleans Saints where they finished 7 and 10. Same with Carolina. I will say Steve Wilkes did a good job coming over uh interim for Matt Rule. He I think he finished 6 and 5 for the year. Had him right there to win the NFC South, but they just couldn't get it done against the Buccaneers. So, well, I don't think he'll get the job unfortunately for him, but uh he did a good job in, in relief. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just a matter of they they did they did what they needed to do to try to get there. Uh, they still had the the division in their reach, so it just didn't happen uh, for the Panthers. I know that uh, Christian McCaffrey is is living his best life in San Francisco right now, and he's probably watching what's going on in Carolina right now and thinking to himself, "I'm in a much better place." So uh, happy for McCaffrey. No doubt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sad for the Pan or the uh, Panthers, who were actually three and a half point underdogs in this game, so they ended up covering their spread. Far cry from the forty one over under on this one. They did, of course, only reach seventeen. So um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an off season to watch for both of these teams to see what kind of damage control they can do to pick up their season. Let's pick up the pace on this, and we'll move to uh, the game of the week. For many, many reasons, not the least of which, obviously, as we talked about before, the Hamlin situation. Buffalo Bills, opening kickoff, back for a touchdown, should have signaled exactly what was about to happen in this game. They take care of business, finish 13-3 uh, with a 35-23 win against the New England Patriots, who fall to 8-9. and nine. Disappointing season for them and Bill Belichick, who will be watching uh, everything happening for the first time in a long time from the outside. <laughs> really, I mean... You know, he, what was the last season was he missed the playoffs too, right? Last season. I, I'm so far No, they, they, they got drilled by Buffalo That's in the was. first round. That's what it was, yeah. And, but but the year before that, they missed the playoffs. So it's two out of three since Tom Brady retired that uh, Bill Belichick and this Patriots organization has missed the playoffs. Yep, and so now they've got to figure out whether or not uh, Mac Jones is the future, which he probably is. Uh, but yeah, they've got, to, they've got to figure out what went wrong this season but for Buffalo not a lot going wrong 
Uh, Josh Allen, 19 of 31 for 254, three touchdowns. Uh, James Cook, leading rusher on that team, nine carries, 45 yards. Stephon Diggs having another 100-yard day, seven catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. But, you know, Naheem Hines breaking that opening kickoff in for a touchdown was just pretty much set the tone for that day. Buffalo did not look back. Uh, I mean, look, New England played him tough in the first half, right? They played him to a 14-all tie. Uh, but then, of course, you can't really slow them down in the second half. Uh, they got outscored and outplayed, so... Yeah, I mean, not much analysis to be had on the on the Bills, right? I mean, these guys are now that they, now they're playing with some momentum again, and and they're just gonna be scary going forward. Yeah, it's gonna be with the Bills here. I mean, they kind of flipped the switch last year, go right about this time. So, Bills obviously got all the emotions going in their favor as well. They got the Dolphins. I mean, I don't think we we both agree that the Dolphins don't really pose a threat to the uh, Bills, especially if Tua can't go. So. Um, it'll be interesting. It seems like the Bills and Bengals are ironically back on a collision course for that second round meeting. I think so too. And, and I think it's going to be a fun one to watch and we'll all be watching with bated breath. But I, I want to ask you if you have any clue what, uh, what the Patriots need. Like honestly, uh, right off the cuff, what, what is it that they're even missing? What, what should they be addressing first and foremost uh, this season? You know, I think a lot of people wanted to pinpoint it on Mac, Mac Jones this year, but I, in fairness to Mac Jones, what did everybody think was going to happen if you put a defensive coordinator in calling plays? So Mac Jones had a great rookie year. I'd say he definitely had a step back this year. I'm not the biggest fan of all his antics and kind of his crybaby mentality a little bit down the stretch, but I think you got to give Mac Jones a third year just to see what you really have with the real offensive coordinator, maybe a Bill O'Brien with uh, Alabama. That's been the rumors he's been in New England for years. So we'll see if they hire him back right after this national championship game. And um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the main thing is just more stability on the offensive end. They, they don't have many options either. I mean, Devontae Parker and uh, Jacoby Myers were so up and down, obviously, Myers had the bonehead uh, lateral play where he basically caught some of the season. I know there's so many plays that go into the season, but I mean, that play really derailed their second or their last four game collapse. Yeah. And it was tough for them to come back mentally from that as well, too. And and it was a tall task yes. to try to do it again. Uh, Buffalo for the last game of the season. I mean, that that's for a team that's struggling to, to go up against a, a juggernaut like the the uh, Bills, yeah, that that's a tough ask. They had no chance in that game, especially with all the emotions of all the uh, with Hamlin leading up to it, him breaking through that crowd. They were going to will the Bills to victory, and New England was toast. Yeah, there was and nothing. Buffalo. Buffalo likes to stick it to New England whenever they can now, because New England got to beat up on them and run it up on them for twenty years. So anytime now Buffalo gets a chance to stick it back to New England, especially with Belichick, they're going to do so. You have to, right? It's like it's like the person that picks on you I in grade know, school. I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah, and you want to go back with your high school reunion with that successful, you know, significant other. You want to you want to stick it back to me, like yeah, right now it's my turn. Uh, at least that's how I yep. did it. That's how I approached it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, because the, I mean the Bills, the Bills have been rolling the Patriots since Tom Brady left. Yeah. Oh, Outside yeah. of the one game where the wind was uh, 50 miles an hour, they've completely dominated them in every meeting. 
Yeah, it definitely is is uh, cathartic for them to be able to to shed the demons of the past for, for all personal. That time. Yep. <laughs> um, New England was actually eight and a half point favorites uh, at the close. In some instances, eight. There was a, some seven and a halfs in there. So once again, this was however you ended up betting it, <laughs> whether or not you were happy or not at the end of the game. Because uh, if you bet for Buffalo to cover, uh, in some cases they did not. So it's uh, it was totally up to you on how you made that happen. Overrunner on this one was 43 and a half. Obviously the score was well and above that as well at 58 total. All right, let's talk about the other teams in the AFC jockeying for position. Cincinnati Bengals, obviously the other side of the uh, Hamlin emotion. Um, they finished this season with a win, 12 to four. Uh, they finished the season with a 27 to 16 win over the Baltimore Ravens. But I, I don't know if I can necessarily, I mean, look, the Ravens gave it all they could. Um, even with their quarterback situation, uh, obviously no Lamar Jackson and then Tyler Huntley is gone there too. So Anthony Brown uh, gets the start 19 of 44, 286 for Brown, two interceptions. Uh, and, and it really it was just too difficult, too difficult for Baltimore to compete with the likes of Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow didn't even do a whole lot in this instance, right? 25 for 42, 215 and a touchdown. And, and Mixon didn't even really do a whole lot. 11 for 27. So, Cincinnati did not get the primer that they needed to go into the the playoffs. I think with a with a huge performance out of their their stars. Yeah, I think it was a tough week. I, mean, I know they didn't have the player that went down. Obviously, it was Buffalo, but I think it was a tough week for both of them because of just I mean, we all agreed that life is more important. The personal side of it's more important than the football, but there is still a football factor that goes into it where you're supposed to be preparing for a game and you're thinking about something else, whatever that is. And, uh, the tragedy. So it's, I mean, it's, it was, it was just a tough spot. I thought for uh, those, uh, Cincinnati Bengals kind of went through the motions too, because they knew Baltimore wasn't playing their guys. So burrow, like you said, man, all he does is win. So they got through it and, uh, we'll see these two teams hook up Sunday night again, rematch in Cincinnati. It'll be crazy. Although the number was huge. Uh, there was some that had them at 11 and a half point favorites. Uh, I know that six and a half, I think is where they opened. Uh, but yet it jumped all the way up to, to double digits there in some points. And if you got in an 11 and a half, if you wanted Cincinnati at 11 and a half, you were very disappointed with the way that score ended. But if you were a Baltimore, I know. Yeah. If you were a Baltimore better, you were happy. Yeah, that was nuts. So it's, uh, depends when you got the number. That's why it's critical, right? Uh, we talk about it all the time. One of our biggest uh, things here is looking ahead at the uh, at the overall numbers because we want you to get that value. So, um, yeah, again, if you if you had Baltimore at that giant number, you were very very happy. All right, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Minnesota closes out the season with a win to improve to thirteen and four. Uh, Chicago loses and they are now three and fourteen to end the year. 29-13, the final here from Soldier Field. Uh, 42.5 was the over-under. This one got you by the hook if you tried to bet the over on it. Um, I don't even know really what to break down from this, Ryan. We talked about my... Uh, you've, you've said it all season long that the Vikings are the most suspect 13-4 and four team uh, that you've ever seen. So well, I guess I'll let you start there. Is it still the case? Yeah, yeah, it's still the case, although they kind of did dominate. But, I mean, Chicago 
was clearly playing for the number one pick in the draft, starting Nathan Peterman and Tim Boyle. So, uh, yeah, just a bad game for, for, for Chicago. They, uh, they, they struggled down the stretch in, but, uh, it'll be it, it brighter days ahead for Chicago. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've got, they've, they've got it now, right? They've got to figure out what to do with that pick. So it's, it's all about them and they're on the clock. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but you, you got Justin Fields, right? I mean, obviously you, you know what you've got here in him, uh, come back healthy next season, hopefully. And, and, and really, but I think what they need more than anything is uh, a, a threat for him to catch the ball. Like, obviously, they don't have that right now. Uh, it, it, th- in my opinion, anyways, I think they really need that. Um, and they need their running game to get going. There's a lot of questions there on that team as to what really to address first, right? Yeah, no, I agree with you there. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens with Minnesota here in the playoffs. They got the Giants on Sunday. Interesting game because all the two hooked up what um, a couple weeks ago on Christmas Eve, and it took a 62-yarder from Minnesota to, at the Horn to uh, get by those New York Giants. And again, it's just you said it. They're suspect 13 and 14. We'll see if that actually holds any water as they move into the playoffs. It's uh, it. This is going to be a fight. The NFC is going to be a dogfight, flat out. I I just know that we're in for it. So no doubt. Um, all right, Minnesota was six-point favorites. They actually opened at one and a half, which is crazy. Uh, but it moved up to about a touchdown in some spots, so it doesn't matter. Minnesota covered whatever number you were managing to get uh, at, at any point in the week. So um, just keep an eye on Minnesota in the playoffs. All right, let's talk about a team that was rooting very hard for the Detroit Lions on Sunday night. That was the Seattle Seahawks, who have backed their way into a matchup with the San Francisco 49ers in the first playoff game of the weekend, as it were. Uh, that's Seattle winning 19-16 to at home against the L.A. Rams. Uh, I'm still not impressed with uh, the, the Seahawks. I'm sorry. I know they're 9-8, and eight, uh, but they, you know, I'm not impressed. I, I still think the 49ers are going to wipe the floor with them. Uh, it didn't matter how good Geno Smith has done setting passing records for Seattle, <laughs> which, by the way, way to stick it to a uh, way to stick it to Russell Wilson on the way out the door. But yeah, I don't know, Ryan. I don't like the Seahawks, but I'll let you talk about them. I suppose. Yeah, I I, I know you hate the Seahawks. It's the rival, the San Francisco 49ers, but. I, I don't think they have a shot in this game against San Francisco. I think it's a bad matchup for him, but we I think we give our kudos to uh, Pete Carroll. What a job he did this season, getting that team to 9-8, and eight, keeping them together. They kind of stumbled down the stretch before winning these last two home games to find a way to squeeze into the last uh, NFC playoff wildcard spot. Job well done. Russell Wilson's watching the playoffs while the Seattle Seahawks are playing in the playoffs. Gino. Still, uh, what what do you say on that first Monday night game? He's he's he didn't write back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still not writing back. So, <laughs> hey, listen, man, it's you got to take your lumps if you're watching the playoffs while your team's going back there. It's it's not you know. Well, I mean, it's just the reverse of Christian McCaffrey, right? He's in the playoffs, and the rest of his team, uh, his old team, is watching him him blow up again. Probably wondering where that was a couple of weeks before that that prompted that move. So. Um, yeah, I, look, here's the thing. I, I, I think that 
because and you think of it, they barely won against the Rams, right? The Rams were five and twelve. They only they only beat them by a, a field goal. It wasn't as if and it was in overtime, no less. So it wasn't as if they completely blew out the the five and twelve Rams. Um, Seattle's limping still, I think, into this into this matchup. So um, I like I said, it's just it, I don't give them much of a chance this Saturday, um, and and I definitely don't like uh, their chances. But they did manage to to uh, get the one and a half. So depending on where you found this line. Um, the Seahawks were five and a half point favorites or six and a half point favorites. So they didn't cover their part of the spread. But if you bet the Rams, you're a happy camper over under on this one, 42 and a half. They didn't even get you the over under on this one. So Seahawks are terrible. I hate them. Hey, you know what? We're going to settle this once and for all on Saturday. One one more round of uh, Seahawks Niners in the playoffs. They've had some classics over the years. They certainly have, but this one's going to be in Santa Clara, so uh, give me that one all day long. Uh, all right, let's talk about a game that uh, didn't really had much meaning. Yeah, I mean, for especially for Phil. I mean, they had to win this one to definitely hold on to the top spot in the uh, in the NFC. They did that. Beating the New York Giants twenty-two to sixteen, Philadelphia fourteen and three, the Giants nine seven and one. Uh, I don't know. Instant breakdown from this game. What 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 was your initial thought? I mean, Davis Webb came in and and played well for the Giants, twenty-two of forty, one hundred sixty-eight yards and a touchdown. But um, yeah, what what were your takeaways from this one? You know, our boss Sean Sean Green, Sean Second the Money Green, he can act like he's not worried. He, he should be. This Eagles team is not playing good football right now, headed in, and they're really banged up. They really need the bye. They got the bye. But I, I just think it's one of those teams that's limping into the playoffs, and they kind of peaked a little bit early. They still struggle uh, to, to stop the rushing attack. I mean, Davis Webb goes for six carries, 40 yards. Uh, Bright, Gary Brightwell, 11 carries for 60 yards. I mean, if they had played, if the Giants had played their guys, the Giants would have won this game. The Eagles are not playing good football right now, and I think Jalen Hurts is more banged up than uh, everybody realizes, and he relies on his legs so much and and seeking contact. So I, I think this Eagles team is a prime candidate to get bounced early in the playoffs. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, Jalen Hurts came back twenty or twenty completions, thirty five attempts, two hundred twenty nine yards, and an interception. Did not throw a, a, a touchdown in this game, um, but. He did only rush for 13 yards, and that is not a Jalen Hurts number, right? Nine carries, 13 yards. With nine carries for Jalen Hurts, you're thinking 30, you're thinking 40, you're not thinking 13. So, yeah, it was a difficult day. Miles Sanders only carried the ball 11 times for 33 yards. Boston Scott actually was the one that ripped off the 21-yarder to finish with 54 yards on the day. So, yeah, I think you're right. You know, you've got you to gotta be a little bit nervous if you're the – especially with the teams that you are, are going to face – Right, the the red hot Niners right now who are on this gigantic winning streak, you know, little scrappy other teams that are that are out there as well. You know, it's just it. There's a minefield for the Eagles, and they've got to navigate this if they want to uh, get there. Uh, but I will say that if you were a New York Giants spread better, you are happy because they definitely covered the 13 and a half point uh, spread that you may have gotten it at, or that thing swelled to 16 or 17 in some spots. So hopefully you grabbed that uh, when you could, because yeah, that definitely helped uh, to, to bet the giants and the points for that one. 
And the Giants, we may see this uh, rematch here in the divisional round. If the Giants can somehow get by the Vikings in the first round, they would go to Philly, uh, unless somehow Seattle beats San Francisco, which is not going to happen. We we both agree on that. So we may see Giants-Eagles here in two weeks. So get your popcorn ready. It'll be interesting because uh, I think the Giants found a couple things that they can exploit in this Philadelphia Eagles team. It's Definitely going to be interesting. Uh, and I know this is the the battle of the great bosses. For our company, battle of the bosses. Yep, it'd be Sean against yeah. uh, Ryan in this instance again. So uh, with something on the yep. line this week. So yeah, or that week. Anyways. No, no doubt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's move over to the San Francisco 49ers. My victorious San Francisco 49ers. Two touchdown uh, favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. They did it. By the score of thirty-eight to thirteen, absolutely manhandled JJ uh, Watt in his last game. Uh, Niners now thirteen and four, winners of their last ten games. Arizona four and thirteen on the season with so many questions. Uh, Brock Purdy only needed one hundred and seventy-eight yards, but he threw three touchdowns uh, on the game. Elijah Mitchell, welcome back, my friend. Five carries, fifty-five yards. Dude looked stout with two touchdowns on the day as well defense just manhandling uh arizona david blau 14 of 18 180 and a touchdown two interceptions two outstanding interceptions by the way uh love to see that aj green with a circus play to start the game uh but that did not hold through um yeah i mean i'm not gonna sit here and and sing the praises of the san francisco 49ers because i'm biased i'm gonna allow you to do that but here's all i gotta say this team is crazy scary right now. Brock Purdy is on one and looks the part. Like, he just looks like a Niners quarterback that is a winner. And, and that's all you want out of this guy. He does nothing but win. We said Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G was that guy when he came in, right, and started ripping off all those wins in a row. Brock Purdy's that guy right now. He kind of reminds me of, like, a younger Jimmy G with the way he plays. Just efficient, 15 to 20 for 183 touchdowns. Just does what he needs to do. For the Cardinals, uh, your highlight was the first play of the game with the trick play to get A.J. Green a uh, long touchdown. But what a bad year. Kingsbury got fired today. It's uh, be interesting to see what happens with this Cardinals organization. I think they made a big mistake paying Kyler as much as they did. So they're kind of pigeonholed into that one. But, yeah, I don't know where these Cardinals go. The future is not bright there. Not even close. And and now I know they said they're going to give Kyler input onto who the new coach is. So hopefully that chemistry is better. Hopefully it makes it to where he performs a little bit better. Maybe he's a little more bought in. When you have to put in a homework clause into a contract, I know that there was so many people that were like, oh, that's such an insult. But what does that say about your work ethic if you have yes. to put an incentive in there to put in the work? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that he didn't put in the work. I'm just saying that the perception was that he was not. Therefore, that clause was in there. You don't put those clauses in if you don't think that you're not putting in the work, right? Indeed. Yes. No, That's it's embarrassing that that was in the contract. So, it, hey, but you know what? They married him, so it's gonna. they got to live with it. So they got to they gotta find the right coach to pair up with Kyler Murray and get this thing turned around because I, I don't see this thing getting turned around though well they've got to find him an actual receiving core that's what they need to do they need to build yeah. that thing back up again marquise brown was not your answer aj green's probably not going to play again right i mean you've got 
Greg Dortch, which is a great story over the stretch, but you know, again, you've got to you've got to foster people to play, and now you've got to really bolster up that defense uh, again. You know, with JJ Watt ultimately going away, yeah, that team's a mess. They'll probably be a mess again next season, which is fine with me because that will be an easier path for San Francisco to repeat uh, as the NFC West champions again. Over under on this one was fifty one. I'm sorry, forty rather forty and a half. Blew past that one at 51. San Francisco almost got there all the way by themselves. So fantastic for that. Uh, all right, finishing up with the last three games of the season, Denver all of a sudden decides they want to win and beat the Chargers. Now, uh, Denver 31-28 to win over the Chargers. Denver 5-12 and to finish the season. Uh, Russell Wilson throws three touchdowns in his, uh, in his final game uh, of the season with the Broncos to beat the Chargers. 10-7 and seven now on the season are the Chargers, and if we were talking about teams with momentum going into the playoffs, all of a sudden the Chargers, isn't, they're not one of them. Yeah, and weird. It was weird because they played their guys extended minutes here, and Mike Williams got banged up, Joey Bosa got banged up, so I don't know, more puzzling decision-making uh, decisions from uh, Brandon Staley as a head coach there. Good job, Russell Wilson. You finally got uh, clips 30 points. You waited till week 18 when your team was four and 12 and way out of the playoffs. So just a nightmare season in Denver finally wraps up. We'll see what they do with the head coach uh, search coming up here. Made the rumors about Sean Payton, but the main issue here is Russell Wilson. You're married to him. You gave him an extension. He was, he was awful. He was off. There's no other way to put it. Seattle went to the playoffs. They have your pick in the first round too. So they get a top five pick because of how bad you were with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, Latavius Murray tried his best. 15 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown as well. But yeah, when you're hanging your hopes on Russell Wilson and Latavius Murray, uh, I'm not necessarily all that enthused for you. But look, if we're talking about the Chargers and just the hierarchy of what we're seeing in that AFC, I mean, it's Mahomes, it's Allen, and, and even still, I would put Trevor Lawrence almost, I know it's sacrilege, but the way Trevor Lawrence has been playing lately versus what Justin Herbert's been able to do lately like, I almost feel like it's Trevor Lawrence and then Justin Herbert. Kill me if you want, but uh, is, it, is it too far-fetched to think that? I don't I don't think so. I, I think that they're pretty close, and we're going to see them go head-to-head here on Saturday night in primetime. I, I think that's probably the most underrated game of the weekend, the one that's being overlooked the most, because you got two quarterbacks, got great size, high draft picks, and I they... They've been good. They've been solid, but they they're, they're lacking that key moment in their career that in a primetime playoff game. So it's going to be one of those guys is going to step up and uh, start creating a little bit of a legacy for themselves and get their shot at Patrick Mahomes in the next round. They will get their shot. Boy, could you imagine Trevor Lawrence against Patrick Mahomes? Woo! That'd be a heck of a matchup right there in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, or Herbert, because Herbert always plays well against Patrick Mahomes. He rises to that occasion a couple times in over the last couple of years. So, yeah, no, I man, I'm just thinking about how many loaded AFC quarterbacks there are. I mean, obviously you got Allen, Burrow, Mahomes. Then you got now you got Herbert, Lawrence. Uh, I think Pickett. I don't think Pickett's going anywhere anytime soon. So. Yeah, a lot of good young talent. I'm glad my team's in the NFC. Yeah, tell me about it. It's definitely a minefield. I didn't uh, even mention Lamar. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just you can't. I, I forgot Burrow for a second. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, the Chargers were three. And two is not terrible either. No, well, uh, 
Depends on who you talk yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two, 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 uh, two and Carr are in the bottom half of the AFC quarterbacks. Yeah. That kind of and Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson might be the worst one in the AFC. <laughs> I, I would probably venture to say that's true. Um, Chargers yeah. in this one, three point favorites in some spots. Ended up closing as six point six and a half point underdogs in others. That was just a line that was all over the place. So wherever you were at on that spectrum. Congratulations, or I'm sorry, uh, are in order, I suppose. Over-under on this one was 39. Blew past that one as well. All right, Washington, Dallas. Victory Monday for you, my friend, as the Washington Redskins. Boy, man, what the heck? Uh, they, they ended up beating Dallas, and Dak Prescott throwing an interception, a timely interception uh, for this one. Washington, 26-6. to Washington, 8-8-1, wondering what could have been. Dallas 12 and 5 wondering what's about to happen to them in the playoffs. How the hell did Sam Howell not start more than one game this year? That's my <laughs> biggest takeaway from watching my team. Like, how did you go to Carson Wentz over Sam Howell after seeing what we saw last night? On the other side, Washington finishes 8 and 8, eight and 1 of course, uh, right in right in the middle. That's what they always do. Uh, not good enough to make the playoffs, but not horrible. So uh, on to next season, 16th pick of the draft. On the other side of things, for the for the rival uh, promo code S promo code for SGPN is uh, Dallas sucks. Dallas was awful yesterday. They they didn't rest their starters either. It wasn't one of those. Hey, we're not going to try. No, they tried. Dak Prescott was so bad yesterday. He finished the day 14 of 37 for 128 yards. He had a touchdown, but he had a pick six. In the play before that, he also had a pick six that was dropped. So he literally threw back-to-back -back pick sixes and the same side of the field at the same receiver in the same DB. And I'm like, what is going on with this team? They they were so unprepared. Mike McCarthy, I don't know what they were doing yesterday. This was a classic look-ahead spot, right? They were probably just concentrating yeah. on on the, the playoffs and not really taking Tampa. the, the yep. commanders seriously. And but that's okay because, look, the Commanders took that seriously and they ended up winning the game, and you're right. There's a lot of – I know a lot of Cowboys fans right now who are, are saying to themselves, Dak is not the answer, and 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 with conviction. No, not that. Did, did I hear that Dak Prescott – I, I, I got to look this up real quick. Dak Prescott led the NFL in interceptions despite missing five games? I believe that is the case, Man. yes. that's I read that as well. I mean that, that that's unreal. I mean he, you know, I wasn't one of those guys that wanted to jump on the Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott train, but with the way that Dak has played recently, I mean, you got to wonder if the team would be better going with Cooper Rush. Obviously, they're going to play Dak in the playoffs. I mean, they pay him all that money, but to pay him all that, it's like the Watson thing and Russell Wilson thing. You pay, you invest all this money in this guy, and he just he's not producing for you. Well, at least yeah, when it matters. Interceptions in 12 games. When it matters yeah. the most, right? I mean, obviously 12 and 4 is not a bad yeah. record to have or or rather 12 and 5 is still not a bad record to have, but yeah, you would much prefer to be 12 and 5 with momentum than 12 and 5 yeah. trying to still figure out whether or not you deserve to be 12 and 5. Well, and they're not 12 and 5 cuz of Dak. I mean, no. they're 12 and 5 cuz their roster is lo loaded. I mean, they won every game without him except yeah. for uh the Eagles game. So yeah, I mean, Dak with with Dak, what are they like seven and four, seven and f yeah, something like that. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, there's always drama in Big D. That's what Jerry likes. He loves it. He loves him some headlines. Doesn't matter if they're good or they're bad, as long as people are talking about his team. 
Um, Over-under on this one, 40 and a half. This one came in at 32. Dallas actually was a a touchdown favorite, so it didn't matter where you got in on the Washington line. You cashed uh, if you bet them and the points. So, All right, let's wrap up the final game of the regular season. A fun one, honestly. On Sunday night, it was Detroit going to Green Bay where it was a statement revenge game for Jamal Williams, and he took full advantage of that, running all over his former team. Uh, 16 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns in the Detroit Lions, 20-16 to win over the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay four-point favorites in this one. So if you actually grab Detroit at four and a half points uh, as an underdog, you are happy about that because uh, they, they obviously covered. So could have been. Maybe, who knows, Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer. I know there was a lot of speculation on that. So, um, But good for the Lions, right? Scrappy Lions, they finished 9-8, and eight, so they finish on the right side of 500. Uh, well, actually, just on the right side of the, the record book anyways. Green Bay, 8-9, and nine, obviously uh, missing the playoffs, giving the, that playoff spot to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, just uh, a very discombobulated game for the Packers, but the Lions had it all together. They knew what they wanted to do, and they went out and they did it. Yeah, there was no sugarcoating. The Lions were the better football team in this game. Beat them in the stats, beat them on the scoreboard. They they took the fight to Green Bay, and they had their hearts broken by having Seattle uh, get, get in the playoffs, and they were eliminated. I kind of think that that kind of helped Detroit that they could just go out and play loose and say, hey, we're going to end Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers season and take it personal. Dan Campbell, if you're not getting in, nobody's getting in. So it's uh, And then obviously the headline, everybody saw the videos after the game with Rodgers and Cobb. Is this the end of the era there in Lambeau Field? And if it is, it's been a hell of a ride. I mean, it, he's he's been great, but they have left a couple seasons on the table. He should have more more than one Super Bowl ring in, in Green Bay. He's been too good only to have one Super Bowl ring during this 15-year uh, run. I still wonder what it would have been like if he would have been a San Francisco 49er instead, if he would have had a couple Ooh. of more rings. That just, you know, with the amount it of talent. Might be Brady's company. Well, that's what I'm saying. You put Aaron Rodgers yeah. in that that situation that Alex Smith was in, and I think you would have had a couple more Super Bowl runs out of that team in and of itself. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could be their last their last run together. But for the the Lions, man, you got to hand it to uh, uh, Kirby Joseph for the Lions. That interception mm-hmm. uh, that he had on... on uh, and, in fact, he had two, but one was taken away. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was all over Aaron Rodgers and did not make him comfortable at all uh, at, for, for the whole evening. So, good on him. Good on all of them. Again, you can't say enough about this Lions team. We talked about them all season long. Scrappy all the way through. Jared Goff didn't even throw a touchdown pass in this because it was all Jamal Williams. But, um, yeah, I mean, this team could be trouble next year. And I hate – I mean, it's kind of crazy to say, but much like the the Lions – or not the Lions, the Jaguars, the Lions are that team that we laughed at for a while that is starting to put the pieces together. And I think they could be good – uh, really good next season. I agree with you. I think this is a playoff team, and I think they win the division next year. I think if you know, as soon as these new odds come out, and you can grab Detroit at plus money, I think that they take another big step coming forward. I, Dan Campbell, he's established a culture there. They're a physical team on the offensive line. Run the ball down your throat with Williams and Swift, and then golf. You got to give golf credit, man. 
he was great down the stretch. 16 touchdowns, one interception. Got a bad rap in uh, L.A. They kind of just uh, kicked him to the curb. But you know what? He kept, kept bounced back and kind of found a home there in Detroit. Found a home and a lot of friends, honestly. I think there's a folks that, that kind of forgotten that they were disappointed with him at certain points over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, but I think now Detroit might be believers. And, and I know Jamal Williams is bought in for sure. Saw that video of him basically in tears just saying, y'all slept on us, but um, yeah, you can't sleep on us anymore. We're not going to lay down for that no. anymore. So. Um, all right, no interesting doubt. to see where, where the Packers season or where the Packers shake out next year with or without uh, their, their main guy under center. So um, we'll see about that. Uh, all right, puts a bow on the 2023 or 2022 season, rather. Uh, looking ahead already uh, to the 2023. But uh, no, put, put a bow in that 2022 season. Um, Ryan, it's been a blast talking uh, regular season with you. I, I, I've just had so much fun doing it. It's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season already, right? Yeah, no doubt. And, uh unfortunately we don't have our look ahead line segment because we are done. It's a, do you want to run through just well, what yeah. the playoff lines are as of, as of uh Monday evening? Yeah, that's what I was playing. Yeah. Definitely planning on, on at least doing that, taking a quick look at these lines uh, as we, as we gear up for the playoffs. These are the initial lines, obviously in the next couple of days, there will be shows dedicated to picking those and stuff like that. But since we're going to look ahead, might as well look ahead, right? Uh, Seattle no opening doubt. up as 10-point underdogs to the 49ers at home. Pretty much across the board, 10 points is what we're looking at. Uh, our friends at WinBet definitely have them at 10 points as well. Yeah, No-brainer, yeah? Yeah, I, I definitely lean Sam Fran. I know the number is big. Uh, I'm seeing the over-under, what, 42.5 right now? Yep, that's what I'm seeing right now too, so... Yep. Definitely something worth Sam grabbing. Fram won both uh, meetings in the regular season, so trying to complete the season sweep three in a row. I think it's a very done deal, and so do the books. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to get froggy and, and figure this NFC West championship is going to get a little bit chippy, um, you can take Seattle plus 10, but I wouldn't. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a Niners fan. I'm taking the <laughs> Niners all day long. Uh, all right. So this one's a lot closer, though. This is the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seeing it right now, our friends at WinBet have this at one point in favor of the Chargers. Uh, Jacksonville, the one-point underdog on this one. And I'm seeing it same place, you know, one and a half, one. Uh, but you, like you said, this is probably the most underrated matchup that we're going to have this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They met in week three, and Jacksonville put it on them out in L.A. Herbert was banged up in that game, so... A revenge angle for LA, but I mean, if you if good luck fading this Jags team right now. So looking forward to watching this one. Like you said, the lines won, so it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a great game, one possession game. I think it comes down the wire. Looking forward to watching that one Saturday night in uh, Jacksonville, baby. Mm -hmm. I'm tempted Can't to take Jacksonville that. Saturday night in Jacksonville. Playoff football in Jacksonville. I haven't said that in a very long time. Uh, Forty-seven uh -oh. and a half. The over/under on this one. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out you want to talk about another uh blowout that the books are predicting buffalo 10 and a half point favorites uh over the miami dolphins our friends at WinBet have this at plus 11 uh for miami or 11 points for buffalo depending on what side you're on it yeah i mean yeah we talked about it this isn't even gonna be close so i i feel like Good. but i also luck, feel like miami. it's a trap i feel like it's a trap honestly 11 points it 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, watch out for bu- Buffalo and Cincinnati in terms of potentially looking ahead to one another. Obviously, that's going to be the most anticipated game of the round two, potentially with Burrow and Allen, the rematch of obviously the most talked about game of this NFL season for the other reason. So, but I, I mean, the, the Bills are so much better than Miami, especially without. Um, Tua, I mean, we saw the, the Dolphins couldn't manufacture anything offensively. You can only basically not keep play, keep away from Josh Allen for so long between before the uh, the wheels fall off. It's true, and again, this could be a bloodbath. So keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on how this line moves too. I, I'm going to be curious to see if this expands or contracts depending on uh, really what what the news is out of Miami, especially. So uh, keep an eye posted on that one. Talk about the Giants and the Vikings. The Giants come into this as three-point underdogs, just three-point underdogs. For a Minnesota team that's 13-4, and four, the 9-7-1 New York Giants are getting a little love here. Uh, our, our friends at WinBet have this at three points as well. Um, actually, and the juice is, is, is toward Minnesota uh, minus three, so you're getting better odds if you want to bet the Giants side of this, um, which, to be honest with you, Ryan, I might. Who knows? I think this is a well-placed line. I mean, it was what, when they played in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, three and a half, and Minnesota won on a walk-off field goal like they do every week. So I think it's a perfectly placed line, and I I kind of like the Giants here, man. I like the Giants in the rematch here. I just want the points. I mean, honestly, I think if, if they win, it's probably yeah. by another field goal again. So if nothing else, you'll push. Yeah. But find the hook if you can uh, and get it there as well. So, uh, all right, let's talk about Baltimore and Cincinnati. Baltimore is uh, six and a half point underdogs in Cincinnati. Uh, I've, you know, I feel like this one, like I said, our friends at WinBet have this at six and a half. I, I just feel like Cincinnati is going to do nothing short of destroy Baltimore in the playoffs. I feel like this could be the trap. Because, well, first of all, the line is so uncertain because is Lamar playing? Is Huntley playing? Who's who's playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? If it is Lamar, so much unknown. If it's Lamar, I, I kind of – how healthy is he? So, But I kind of – I don't know, man. I Like these AFC North battles, man, I, I kind of lean to take a Baltimore with the points, but I don't love it early. I mean, I got I to gotta see the injury reports throughout the week. Well, that's what I'm saying, and then you keep an eye on that too. And, and yeah. it, But if, it, if this Baltimore now that you like – I don't see this getting any better for you, so you probably want to, you know... Uh, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. If it's Cincinnati that you like, it's probably not going to get much better for you than six and a half. It'll probably open up if, if you know, the news from Baltimore is not good. So keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Now let's move to the last game of the weekend on Monday night. It's going to be Monday night playoff football. Dallas, Tampa. Dallas, three-point favorites in this one. Uh, our friends at uh, WinBet have this actually at plus 100 for Dallas to win uh, and cover the three-point spread. We already talked about it, man. It's Tom Brady. If you want to bet against Tom Brady uh, in the playoffs, go right ahead. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. This one's kind of tempting me. I want, to, I want to see where this line moves over the next week. My only concern is how public is uh, this Tampa Bay, like uh, with everybody coming in on the Tom Brady narrative. Why is Dallas favored? I mean, I know that they're 12-5, and five, but... They, uh, they have choked so many times in the playoffs, and they're facing the clutchest guy of all time. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, this is going to be the highest-rated NFL game in NFL history with 
the ratings. I mean, the NFL has hit a home run here. This is going to do like Super Bowl numbers almost with uh, Brady and the Cowboys. It's going to be crazy. And Brady's never lost the Cowboys. No. Yeah, there you go. See, that's another added layer of that as well. So I, I don't know. This is going to be, yeah, they, and the fact that it's on Monday night, they, they yeah, they definitely yep. hit a home run on this one. Troy, Troy, Troy and uh, Aikman and Buck on the call, and this is another rematch they played in week one, and the Bucks put it on them. That was a game Prescott got hurt. Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot riding on this game for sure, but uh, I, I'm yep. going to be interested to see where, like I said, where this line ends up as money starts to flow through it, so. Ryan, buddy, we uh, have reached the end of our. Uh, I think this might be the last time we do a recap. Well, there might be recaps during the during the playoffs. We'll see if if the bosses allow it. But uh, yeah, this is it—the end of the regular season, man. We uh, we begin the quest for the Lombardi Trophy uh, as we as we start to look into Saturday and, and Sunday and Monday. How crazy is that? It's crazy. Uh, real quick, who's your Super Bowl pick headed into the headed into the playoffs? You gotta ask. Niners, me? of course, man. Uh, this is <laughs> this is the most well put together 49ers team that I've seen in a very long time. Even yeah. that one that we went in with Jimmy, I, I I still feel like this is the most well put together team, uh, top to bottom. Right, Brock Purdy's doing what he's got to do. He's got Debo. He's got Ayuk. He's got Kittle. He's got Mitchell. He's got McCaffrey. Like that defense has got Bosa. It's got Greenlaw. It's got you know Ward. Ward. It's just it's a complete team. And this is a scary, scary Forty yeah. Niners team. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I have the Niners in the Super Bowl, losing to the Buffalo Bills. I, I've been good on night, the Bills all year. So it's I'm been gonna... fun. We've been. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Pelletier made the pick for me. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I, 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 I've, I just, I'd love to see that Super Bowl. It would be a definitely barn burner. I would, I would say so. With Josh yeah. Allen being the quarterback that he is, versus a Brock Purdy who's not flashy but definitely gets the job done. So we will see. No doubt, we will see. Um, all right. Well, uh, Ryan, as we start to wrap things up here for the regular season, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. For those watching on YouTube, it's right there on the screen at the bottom. And the Discord as well. I just want to thank everybody for uh, riding it out with us all season long. It's been a fun journey. First year of the NFL Gambling Podcast. It's only going to grow and grow. So make sure you go over there, leave a comment, uh, review. And uh, yeah, I mean, it really helps with uh, sponsors. They love seeing that kind of stuff. So appreciate you doing the show with me every Monday, Rod. It's been fun and look forward to doing many more for many seasons to come. One of my favorite days of the week, getting to talk NFL action with you as well. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. There's a link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it is in between media. Lots of stuff happening still, despite the NFL season being over. NASCAR is about to kick off soon. So look for us there. It's been real, folks. It's been fun. Hopefully we'll be back for the playoffs to break them down for you as well. But until then, enjoy the NFL playoffs. Enjoy the national championship if you're watching it right now and live. Or if you've already uh, enjoyed it, hopefully your team won. Hopefully you won your bets. Hopefully you've had some fun. Anyways, until next time, everybody. Talk to you soon and let it ride.